Thank you, Miss Melanie. Wonderful song. I'm ready to go light my world. All right. Fantastic. I'm going to be reading out of Romans chapter 7 this morning. If you'd like to turn there, you can look on the screen behind me as we read the Word of God today. I want to start in verse 15 and then skip down to verses 21 through 25. But just keep your Bible open because we'll be looking not only at this passage but a few others as well. Here's what the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 7, verse number 15. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that is what I want to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that is what I do. Verse 21, I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. And may the Lord add His blessings to the reading of His Word. I received a, a direct mail piece some time ago that said, If you ever secretly felt fat, skinny, lazy, compulsive, or depressed, this letter is for you. <laughs> and honestly, the first thing I thought of is, which one of you gave them my name, huh? It went on to say, your life can be changed for only $29.95 plus $3 shipping and handling. The package I'm offering to you today would normally retail for $42.55, so $29.95 is a wonderful, reasonable price. I'm not making any promises, but then at the end of the letter it said, I guarantee this will work. Now, when we get stuff like that in the mail, I wonder, I have to ask myself the question, who buys that? Well, you and I do, right? We do. Because we're looking for anything that is going to change our lives, to help get us in control, and we are willing to pay the price for it. Now, it makes me ask the question today, what is it that is out of control in your life? What is spinning out of control in your own life? What, what do you have a hard time controlling? Maybe it's your temper. I'm reminded of one wife who said, My husband is so temperamental, 90% temper, 10% mental. Huh? Or maybe for you it's spending. Or it could be your eating. Or it could be drinking. Or it could be sexual desires. Or it could be any one of a number of bad habits that are out of control in your life. Well, for the next few weeks, I'm going to be preaching this little series that I've entitled Be Free, about how you can break free from the things that are messing up your life. And this morning, simply, I want to lay a foundation. I want us to look at the problem, why can I not change, and then God's promise of freedom and at the procedure for getting us started, all right? First, let's begin with the problem. Paul summarizes the problem right here in Romans chapter 7. Look again at verse 15. He says, For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I want to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate is what I'm doing. 
If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. In other words, the law, the Old Testament has told me these things are right, these things are wrong. The law is telling me what I'm doing is wrong, but sometimes that doesn't matter. I still do the wrong thing. But now it is no longer I who do it, he says in verse 17, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my sinful flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me. But how to perform what is good, I do not find it. I cannot do it. Now I don't know about you, but I can relate to this. Huh? Can you? He's saying all the things I don't want to do, I end up doing. And all the things that I want to do, I end up not doing. I want to do what's right, but sometimes I don't. I don't want to do what is bad, but sometimes I do. It's kind of like the uh, cowboy who became a Christian and said, I feel like there's two horses pulling in different directions in my life. And somebody asked him, well, which horse wins? He says, whichever one I say giddy up to. Huh? There's a civil war going on inside of us. Part of me wants to do what is right. Part of me wants to do what is wrong. It's a clash like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And really what Paul is saying here is this battle is going on in the life of everyone. Before you were saved, when you were living in sin, this battle was going on in your life. Why? Because you were made in the image of God. Okay? Even in the image of God, a carnal man, a natural man, a sinful man, understands that there are some things that are right and there are some things that are wrong. And even those who are apart from Christ and have not found the truth know there's right and there's wrong. And that battle is going on inside of them. But you know what? I was saved when I was six years old. I've been living the Christian life most of my life. And I still find this battle going on in my body. This battle is going on in my life. And so it is with you. The results of this are pretty predictable. First of all, there's confusion. Really what Paul is saying in this segment of Scripture is, this activity baffles me. My own behavior baffles me. Why do I keep making the same old mistakes? Why am I so resistant to change? Why can't I figure out why do I do what I don't want to do? I don't understand it. Why do I act in ways that I know are bad for me? That brings confusion. But also it brings frustration. He says, I have the desire to do what is right, but I don't have the power to pull it off. Huh? I know about that, don't you? How many of you have ever gone on a diet? Oh, don't lift your hands, all right? Don't lift your hands. If you've ever been on a diet, you know how it is. You start the morning and you have great intentions. I'm going to eat right, okay? I'm just going to drink water all day, nothing sweet, no Cokes. I'm going to eat the right food. I am going to do it today. And you start with this great resolution. But you know what? As the day goes on, that resolution starts to slip. And by the time you get home at night, all the willpower is gone and at that point, your idea of a balanced diet is to have a Big Mac in both hands. <laughs> Amen. 
I want to change, but I don't know how. I've got the desire, but I don't have the power. That is the problem with all self-help books. They tell you what to do, but they don't give you the power to do it. No self-help book can give you the power to change your life. That power comes from a person. And we'll read about that here in a little bit. The third result is defeat and discouragement. Paul sums all this up in verse 24 when he says, O wretched man that I am. He says, I'm losing the battle. My life is a mess. I'm a failure. I just can't change. There are things in my life that I wish I could change, but I just don't have the power to do it. I aim for the stars, but I land in the dust. Hmm. I don't know if you've ever felt this way. Maybe you're feeling this way right now, but I've got good news for you. You can change. There is power to change. The Bibles make the principles very clear. This is the way you change your life. In fact, it's God's promise, and that's my second point, God's promise. Jesus said, when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. That's an amazing verse. When you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Notice that the secret to personal change is not willpower. Jesus didn't even mention that. Willpower doesn't work. So it's not fat farms or pills or resolutions or gimmicks. Jesus said, the way that you break free from a hurt, the way you break free from a hang-up or a sin is by knowing the truth. It is the truth, knowing the truth, that sets you free. Now, how does that happen? God says, it all starts by the way you think. It all starts with your thinking. And when you know the truth, okay, when you know what truth is, it comes out through your actions. You've got to know the truth before you can do the truth. Now listen to this. Bad beliefs, bad beliefs in your head cause bad behavior. Everything you do, good or bad, is based on a belief. It's based on a value that you have in your heart, whether you're holding it consciously or unconsciously. And if you want to change the way you act, you've got to change the way you believe. You have to change the way you think. You've got to start seeing the truth, understanding the truth, knowing the truth. You see, behind every self-defeating behavior... There is a lie that I am believing. Every time I do something wrong, do something bad, it is because I am believing a lie. I am accepting something that just isn't true. I am believing something about myself that just isn't true. I'm believing something about others that just isn't true. I'm believing something about God that just isn't true. I am believing something about success or failure that just isn't true. I'm believing something about life that isn't true. Something about my past that isn't true. I am believing a lie. And in believing that lie, I am doing wrong things. That's why Jesus said, 
when you know what is true, when you know the truth, then the truth will set you free. In the next few weeks, we're going to expose and uncover and challenge the untruths and the faulty misconceptions that are keeping you bound, that are keeping you from being loosed. And I believe this is going to be a very liberating series. Jesus said, when you know the truth, that truth is going to set you free. So today I, I want to talk with you about three things that you're going to need to get started. Now this isn't the whole thing, but it's the foundation. Before we can talk about anything else in the next few weeks, we've got to lay this foundation. So that leads me to point number three, the prescription. There are three things that you need in your foundation. And I made it as simple as I possibly can. It's A, B, C. Okay, we got that? A, B, C. The first thing that you need to know is this. If you're going to be set free from whatever it is that is, has you bound up, you need to acknowledge, that's the A, acknowledge the root of your problem. You need to get to the root of the problem and acknowledge this is my problem. This is the starting point to breaking free. Whatever you want to change in your life, you must first acknowledge the root of the problem. Now, most of us, in fact, all of us have some vague feeling that, you know, there's something wrong with me. I, I really don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it, but I know something is wrong with me. Even unsaved people have that. I mean, everybody's got that. That's the way God made us. God says the basic problem is this basic attitude that you have toward life. You have a basic attitude toward life, toward God, toward yourself. It's a basic attitude and then the response toward life that is at the root. Regardless of what your hang-up is, regardless of what your problem is, there is a root source where that's coming from. And it is an attitude. This attitude has a name. About to give you that name. Hang with me. It's not a word that you hear much anymore. I don't know a whole lot of people who like to talk about this. No one mentions it. It is a word that is unhip, uncool, unsophisticated. We don't like to say it, but it defines what this attitude is. It's a three-letter word. It starts with S, it ends with I, N, and I's in the middle. All right? It's sin. Sin is the root problem. What is sin? Well, the biblical definition of sin is missing the mark. But let me talk to you about what sin is, practically speaking. Sin is not getting stoned on cocaine or marijuana. Sin is not getting drunk. Sin is not running off with somebody else's wife. Those are the results of sin. Sin is deeper than that. Sin is an attitude. Sin says, I'm in charge, and I don't need anybody telling me what to do, even God. I'll make up my own rules, and I'll live life the way I want to live life. That is the basic attitude, and that is the root of all of your problems. I mean, that's what Paul said in verse 17. It is no longer I 
who do it. But it is that sin that is dwelling inside of me. It is the root problem that we all have of trying to do life without God, making up our own rules. So, no matter what your problem is today, no matter what your problem was yesterday, behind it all is this bedrock foundation that says, I am in charge and I don't need God. It's man's oldest problem. It's really been around since uh, Adam and Eve. We know God said, don't eat the fruit. But, we know better. <laughs> I mean, that's what God said. That's His rule. We're living this life. We know better than God. We'll eat the fruit. It's attitude. 1 John 1, 8 says, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. We make things worse when we pretend that it's not a problem, and we don't have a problem. You're not fooling God. You're not fooling other people. The only one you're fooling when you say, I've got it all together is yourself. Who are you kidding? Yeah? You don't have it all together. No one does. Folks, listen to me. In order to stop defeating myself, I must first stop deceiving myself. In order to stop defeating myself, all of these things that are causing the hang-ups and the hurts to grow in my life, to get rid of them, I must first stop deceiving myself and pretending that I don't have a problem. The root problem is that I think I'm in charge and I don't need God. God didn't make us to live that way. It's not the way we're created. If, if you were to go to Alcoholics Anonymous, the very first step of AA is to admit that I am powerless to control my situation and my life has become unmanageable. Jesus said in John 8, 34, Everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. Whatever you refuse to admit enslaves you. If I won't admit it's a problem, it is a bigger problem than I think. <laughs> you say, well, I feel powerless to change. I can't get control. I have the desire to change, but I don't have the power. Is there any hope? Yes. You acknowledge the root of the problem. It's sin. And then number two, you believe that Jesus can change you. You believe Jesus can change you. Romans 7, 24 and 25. Paul asks, who can free me from this prison? Who can free me from this captivity of sin? He said, I thank God there is a way out. And that way out is through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Paul is saying the answer to your biggest problem is a person. <laughs> and it's Jesus. You see, God has the power you are lacking. You don't have the power to change your life, but God does. God's got all the power in the world. And Christ came to change your life. He wants to help you get over those hang-ups and, and those habits that are dragging you down. But you've got to believe Jesus can do it. To the point that you give Him your life and you trust Him as your Savior. I read a story about a Chinese Christian who came to America for the sole purpose of giving his Christian testimony. And it went something like this. I walked through the road of life and I had fallen into the ditch of sin. 
Mohammed came along and said, you're not really in that ditch. You just think you're there. <laughs> and then Buddha came along and said, here are seven steps by which you can get out of the ditch. If you climb and struggle, you'll come out. And so I strove and I struggled, but I could not get out. Confucius came by and said, Here are ten steps to self-attainment by which you can get out of the ditch. If you will come halfway, I'll come the other halfway and help you out. But struggle as I would, I was still in the pit of sin and hopelessness and helplessness. And then one day Jesus Christ came by. Jesus saw my condition. And without a word of advice, he stripped himself of his royal robes and he got down into the ditch. He climbed down into the muck and into the sin where I was. He got down where I was and he lifted me up. Thank God what I could not do for myself, Jesus Christ did for me. He has the power to do that. You've got to believe that Jesus can change you. That's the good news. That is exactly what Paul was talking about in Romans 8, 32, when he said, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. There is a way out. You can be set free. <laughs> Jesus said the truth will set you free. And guess what? In John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus said, I am the truth. Not I have it, or I'm pointing to it, or I'm searching for it. He said, I'm it. <laughs> I'm the truth, and the truth will set you free. And that brings me to step number three. Step one is A, acknowledge the root of the problem I have. B is believe that Jesus can change me. And C is commit all I am to Jesus Christ. That's how you change your life. You acknowledge you have a problem and that sin is the problem. You believe the only way I can change my life and be changed is through the power of Jesus Christ. And see, you give Him all that you have. You commit your life totally to Him. The good, the bad, the ugly, the hurts, the habits, the hang-ups. You might say, preacher, give me one good reason why I ought to do that. Well, you've tried everything else, and it hasn't worked. Why don't you try the one thing that does work? Have you ever been to a doctor's office or some kind of waiting room, and you sit there, and you sit there, and you sit there? They're busy, but you know what? So are you. But you sit there, you sit there, and they got all these magazines. And you just, even if you don't like the magazine, you look at the magazine because you've already looked at the ones you like. You know? Are you with me? Am I the only one that does that? You just look at every magazine that's out there. This women's magazine. <laughs> I was... I was captured by the, the little title on the front page. This women's magazine boasted 10 ways to feel better fast. So I, I found it. 
These are the ways, <laughs> I shouldn't have found it. These are the ways that people cope in the world when they've got hang-ups and hurts and habits. The, the article started, how do you cope? Things are not quite right, feeling your spirit sinking. Try one of these pick-me-ups. They're fun, they're fast, they work. How do they know they work? Well, they ask women. I mean, what do you do when you're down? How, what do you do to pick yourself up? Here's how they said they cope, and I couldn't list all of them. One lady said, I cure my depression by shopping. I know some of y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Number two, I find comfort in food. Number three, Three, third lady said, my pick-me-up is fantasized revenge. I'm thinking, I'm glad I don't know that lady. This other lady said, I get, I get a kick out of dressing up my daughter's Barbie dolls. Then the magazine itself gives a few additional suggestions. Number one, reread the first love story you ever read. Number two, get away by yourself on the weekend. Three. I said this in the first service and some of the people didn't like it. I'm just telling you. This is just what it said. Number three, Get rid of all your old underwear. And I'm I'm going, really? <laughs> Is this the best? that the world has to offer. I mean, the fact is, okay, listen to me, the fact is you have tried everything else and nothing works. So why not try Jesus? When I read that kind of stuff, I make no apology to stand before you and tell you Jesus Christ is the answer. There are millions and millions of people throughout history who are living proof that Jesus Christ changes lives and nobody else can. 2 Corinthians 5.17 out of the Living Bible says, When anyone becomes a Christian, he becomes a brand new person on the inside. He's not the same anymore. New life has begun. That's what Jesus can do. He can set you free. This is real change. And if you plug into God's power through confessing Jesus Christ as your Lord, He will change your life. You, you contrast the advice in the women's magazine to this letter to the editor. Not long ago, Time Magazine's cover story said, Who was Jesus Christ? The article, in the article, theologians argued over who Jesus was. And a couple of weeks later, after the article, there was a letter to the editor. This guy said, as far as I am concerned, the liberal theologians can keep their historical Jesus in their cut-and-paste Bible. 
I am a former alcoholic and adulterer who has been set free by the power of Jesus Christ. Who cares about higher criticism when the resurrected power of the Son of God can transform your life right here and right now? So I guess my question to you this morning is this. Are, are, you, are you tired of trying everything else? Are you tired of trying to change your life? Are you tired of just trying to do what is right? You say, I, I try and I try, but I just I can't do it. I can't force myself to change. Well, willpower doesn't work. My advice to you this morning is this. Stop trying. Stop trying to change your life. Start trusting. That's all you have to do is trust Jesus. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 3.17, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And if you want to be set free today from whatever it is that is binding you and hanging you up, Freedom is in the truth, and the truth has a name. It's Jesus. If you're here this morning and you've never invited him into your heart, come today. He'll set you free. He will make you new from the inside out. You just trust him. He can do it. You don't know how to do that? You come to the altar. We'll show you from the Bible how you can be saved. If you're here today and you're a Christian, but you know what? Things are dragging you down. Things are pulling you down. You want to do right, you do wrong. You know what's right, you know what's wrong. You don't always do the right. You do the wrong. You're struggling with it. There's something that, that, that just has, has its, its fangs inside of you and it's pulling you down. You can be set free from that today. You can be. Acknowledge the root problem. It's sin. Believe that Jesus can set you free. He can. And commit that to the Lord Jesus Christ. He'll set you free. Could be that you're here today and there's a, uh, someone you love desperately. It could be a parent, could be a child, could be a grandchild. And that person is in bondage. Something, something has them. Something is controlling them. They need to be set free. Did you know you have the privilege of interceding for that person? You can't make decisions for them. You can't change them, but you sure can pray that God does. And you can pray for them asking God, Lord, send somebody into their life to help them see the truth. Lord, I'm willing to be used myself. Use me to help them see the truth. Bring circumstances into their life so they will know the truth and the truth can set them free. So come today and intercede for people that you love. Heavenly Father.